This is Bill Risser. And Molly McKinley. And we're talking relationships. All kinds of relationships, from starting new ones to nurturing existing ones over time. And each week, we'll highlight something that inspires... Or triggers us... To help get to the root of why relationships are key to our happiness and success. Hello, welcome to episode three. Today we are talking about social arbitrage and PR. Mm, we're still sticking with uh, Never Eat Alone, right? By Keith Ferrazzi. That's exactly right. So yeah. these are two topics that are near and dear to my heart. And I can't wait to dig into this with you. Good. Let's go. I, I, let's start with PR because at heart, come on, that's, that's what you are, right? Come on. It really is. You, yeah. Say marketing, but let's talk about the public relations side of things. Well, so it's so funny because that's my roots are in true PR. I used to um, work in a high-tech PR firm in San Francisco, and um, it was a small place called A&R Partners in uh, Burlingame, mm-hmm. and Adobe was one of our clients and had worked on that account for years and years, um, and I did absolutely adore that work. Today's PR has really morphed, though, into, and this really does guide my marketing, into using third-party validation for pretty much every single marketing tech. And that really is what PR is about. It's about finding third parties to tell your stories, to validate, and um, really, it's social proof. Could that be a podcast? Absolutely, could be a podcast. <laughs> could, that be, could that be how people connect? You know, like maybe via a podcast? Well, it's so funny, Bill, because um, I really feel like, you know, with the advent of influencer marketing and um, how really pretty much every marketing channel now you, you is all about storytelling and it, being a PR person at heart has really positioned me well to understand how that connected web works of people and connecting to other networks and connecting to distribution channels and the whole um, crazy tangled web of, of distribution essentially is what it is. And, and just to back it up for a second for like neophytes like me, back in the day, what you did was it really was reaching out to media outlets of different kinds, right? Could be print, oh, radio, whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And that's what, what you did. Try to connect with people, try to get them to print the story you told. Or that's it. Yeah, that was it. That was, it was press, press releases and that sort of thing. And you still do them kind of a little bit, but it's like a tiny fraction of what it's you more do. For SEO purposes, or I call it a digital stake in the ground, right? A PR, a PR or press release. Um, I, I, was, I just said PR or press release. I it always like, if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me if PR stood for press release, I'd be a very wealthy woman. <laughs> PR actually means public relations. Right and not PR, uh, press release. But yeah, I mean, that's, this is me dating myself and, and correct you too. Like you said, I was a millennial or, or Gen oh X before, gosh. right? I, had a little issue. <laughs> I was, I, you know what? I know I erred on the right side. Thank you. Very I much. know you did. Yes. You gave me a couple of extra years. I'm like, I don't think I'm Gen X, you yeah. know? Uh, you know, it's, it was kind of funny. I'm like, I think I'm older than that, but back in the day and I'm, I'm dating myself now, the aim was to get coverage or ink, you know, is what we used to call it. And that's because those were the places that actually had audiences or distribution. But in today's world, influencers have audiences and distribution. Lots of different types of people have very engaged audiences and influence. And that really is 
uh, so the days where the media held all the the power, it, it's really gone. And any storyteller who has an engaged audience is really ripe for collaboration. Is there good and bad to that side of that in your in your um, estimation? <laughs> Well, it's so funny because like when I, I had babies and took a couple of years off and when I came back, Facebook had happened and it's, it was like relearning everything all over again, because the pros are that you have a lot more potential channels to storytell. The cons are that, you know, this whole idea of fake news and there isn't that journalistic integrity there, there's just no filter of quality. It, anybody with anything can put, can publish. And I remember back in the Adobe days, this idea that we, Andy Warhol had this notion of the citizen journalist and we had launched uh, premiere pro back in the day. And wow. you know, yeah, I know I'm totally dating myself, no, but cool. um, <laughs> we were like, it's now streaming from your desktop. Imagine what this will mean. All of these individual, you know, the, the individual citizen journalist is, is real and uh, it has definitely come to pass. I feel like I'm questioning you, but I, you know, this is really up your alley way more than mine. So I'm going to ask you another no, question. No, I like this. This is actually yeah. a better spot to be in, right? Yeah. So how do you, <laughs> how do you uh, identify, uh, you know, for, say for, you're with first, you know, and uh, you, you have a very specific uh, space that you're um, occupying and how do you identify people or organizations or whatever they're, whatever you're looking for that, 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 that fit that model that you're looking for to distribute or help spread your word? How do you do that? Well, first you're looking for like-mindedness, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the media or blog posts or, you know, a true like legitimate channel, not just an individual's, uh, you know, Facebook reach or, or, or social reach or social clout, if you will, what you're looking for is really isn't necessarily the person in terms of shared value, but how engaged are, is that person with the people that they reach? Because it really is about finding value and shared value together and finding audiences that are going to care about what you have to say. And the more targeted and the more honed in that is, the more likely you will have success. And that is actually connecting it back to our book that we were talking about, Never Eat Alone. That was one of the things that um, was right on, and I know this to be true from the old PR days, is this notion of getting really, really hyper-focused and targeted. And that is the reason why the say and the prey, the email blasts, and the drip campaigns, and the, the canned content, and all of those things really fall short because you don't really know if you're delivering something that, that someone's going to care about. But 20 years ago, I realized really early that I had much better success and results if I sat down and crafted an article and really put a journalistic hat on and said, okay, this is the kind of things that they're going to be interested in. These people would be great resources and sort of wrote the story in my mind. and then pitched to a journalist who I sort of understood their voice and what they cared about 
And the coverage was always so much better than if I just wrote a press release and then just shot it out to 50 journalists who covered the space. It's an extra mile, right? Wow. You know, and it, yeah. and um, it's really no different today than it was 20 something years ago. We know the major channels in uh, the space you and I both work in, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Inman, it's, uh, it's Riz Media, it's, it's um, you know, other online real estate specific uh, channels. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. When you're, when you're looking for, um, are there, do you find synergy and, and, um, and, and opportunities with other companies with other, I imagine there are coaching and consulting, you know, companies that, that can help what talk about some of that internal stuff in, in our space. I'm curious. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I, I love that first of all. And one thing that the industry may not realize is because of the, the trade shows, the vendors, we get pretty close Mm. Uh, we spend a lot of time waiting for the realtors to, you know, come and visit our booths. And in the meantime, you know, we get to know each other personally. And in those conversations, what happens is, you know, like, so what are you working on and, you know, what are you trying to do? What, what are you solving? And a lot of really great stuff happens behind the scenes. And for me, like those moments where we're like, okay, we're amazing content partners, you know, like we can, let's leverage each other's resources so that we can either share content or collaborate. Actually, I'm just getting ready to release an ebook for the official guide to relationship marketing for first. And in this book, we have just friends that we have built relationships with over time in the industry, in this, you know, waiting for, you know, waiting for, you know, downtime at the booth, for example. Um, and it's turned into like a beautiful creation of content where we all are sort of adding a little piece of the pie and are, are, and created a book, uh, which is very exciting. So yeah, it's just, the criteria is always, how, how can we each tell a different part of the story that makes sense, that isn't pulling from each other, but adding to and, and that really is the criteria, I think, for collaboration. We're going to talk about social arbitrage as well in this yes. episode, right? Let's, let's kind of switch gears and head that way a little bit. And, you know, the examples that Keith gives are amazing in, his, in, the, in the book, Never Eat Alone. He, he talks about the opportunity, for example, of someone saying they're going to be relocating to Los Angeles and they might need help looking for a place. And yes. instead of just saying, you know, like, oh, I know somebody, I'll get you in touch, I'll send you an email. He takes his phone out. He makes a call to the person right away, gets a person on the phone and really leverages that relationship in such a way that he's helping not only the person who needs the property, but the person who's going to help find the property. Um, And really just, it's, 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 it's just a classic example of how you can take all of these connections you've built up over time and turn them into uh, this generous way of showing that you can help. Uh, with nothing, no expectation for anything in return. It's critical, yes. right? If everything we talk about here on the Relationships First podcast, talk about <laughs> talk, talk about that in your world a little bit. Of, uh, the uh, and I'll I'll share some stories from mine after that. Well, I absolutely loved about I loved that example in the book. Um, what I liked about it was the idea of doing right. Mm-hmm. That I think that's a most people think about. Oh, I could help this person, but then they don't follow through and actually follow through and actually do. And there was another part of, of that that really stuck. I think really soon after that um, example, there was uh, a notion of being a confidant, a counselor, and a concierge. 
And I thought those were, that that's the right way of thinking about that because especially for real estate agents as it relates to social arbitrage, because a confidant, I mean, they're, they have so much access to people's personal lives and um, really are beholden to, into keeping a lot of this stuff close to the chest. I mean, I just had a conversation with a, a realtor this week about a family friend and this is not, you know, it's like, okay, you need to keep this close to the chest, but here's what, you know, this person is looking for. And what a service, you know, to be able to transition people in, in amazing times of their lives. But I thought that really that confidant counselor and concierge really played nicely into the idea that you just said, and, and that's just pick up your phone and just do it. Just make the connection. Order the order. Oh, I have a book that you would love. Order it. It's coming to your house. And don't think about it and just, and just get more aggressive in terms of the actual doing. I've done the book thing, right? I've, yeah. I've, yeah, I've been sitting in someone's office and said, oh, you've got to read this book. Uh, you know what? I'll have it delivered. And yes. I'll go sit in the car before I leave the office uh, that I'm sitting at and I'll yep. order it on Amazon. It takes two minutes and it's going to be delivered to their place because I'm staring right at the address. It's just the easiest thing in the world to do, right? What I've started doing lately is when I have conversations with the realtors and, and I realize that I know somebody who can help them, it is a warm introduction right on the spot. Now, it might be by yep. text. Maybe I'm not going to make a phone call, but I'm saying, hey, I'm texting them right now. I'm copying you in on this group text. That way they know that I know and I, I want to make sure you're, you're really connected before I leave. Um, because my role really is, as I read that section, it's what I do, right? I talk to really smart people like you and other you know, people in the industry. I'll throw out Brandon Wise. There's Lauren, the writer. I throw her yes. out there. And I pick up such great information that I can't wait when that opportunity arises and you just never know where you're going to be, what's going to happen, where someone's going to have that question. And you're like, Oh, do I have the answer? And here's who you got to connect with. It's so cool to do that. It's such a fun feeling. It really is. And again, being an active listener, which is what we talked about in our previous episodes is really key to being able to know when those connections happen but that is, I think, the secret sauce of the master connector is just doing. Yeah, I love that. That's, that, that really, that's the takeaway for this episode. And we're, we're kind of up against the clock. We want to really watch the time limit on our, our, our episodes. But doing, <laughs> there's your, that's the takeaway from episode three. Don't just think about it. Don't just go, oh, man, I wish I'd have done that. Don't be that person anymore. If you've got an opportunity now today with the technology that we all have in our pockets, it's so simple to make that happen right now. So just do it. Well, sorry, Nike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and be targeted about it, right? You You know, don't just blast things out. That one-to-one really, really matters. And not to forget that notion of the career karma. You know, when you're helping somebody out today, you're actually planting seeds for goodness tomorrow. So. Love it. I love it. I always have to bring the yoga back, right? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Karma. We're going to keep using those words. Uh, Molly, (laughs) what are we going to talk about on episode four? We like to kind of tease people with what's coming up next. We sure do. So episode four is about a quote about tribe building and the importance of tribes. And it's kind of a, uh, people have strong feelings about the word tribe. And so let's sort of dissect that and have a conversation about tribes and relationships. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in episode four.